0: Welcome back, Matt Garner here. Glad you have joined us if you're a part of our empower church community, I'm pumped that you're here and uh, I pray that these podcasts are just feeding you and doing something in your spirit uh, like we said in the last episode 2 Corinthians chapter 3 as we behold beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, the glory of Jesus we are transformed into that same image. And that's really the vision of these podcasts, that we would behold the beauty and the glory of who he is. If you're from our Empower Church community, we welcome you. But also, if you're from wherever you're listening around the world, give us a shout out, put something in the comments. Just say hi to us. We'd really love to connect with you and uh, so that you get these coming just in in an easy way for you. um, Don't forget to subscribe, click like, Leave us a review. Let us know how we can better serve you. Would really love the opportunity to do that. Well, as I mentioned in the last, uh, our first two episodes. If you haven't listened to them, I really want to encourage you to go back and have a listen. And the reason is, is because it's kind of like open heart surgery. It's us preparing ourselves. It's us laying down some thoughts. It's us uh, having a conversation together where we're saying, Jesus, we want to reorientate our faith, our Christianity. We want to get out of that churchianity type of way of living. And we want to get into this place where we are about Christianity, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And uh, I explained in the the last episode that we're really going to spend some time, I suppose, just talking about who Jesus is. And I want to kind of teach. I'm not really a teacher. I'm certainly not a theologian, Um, but I'm going to do my best to kind of unpack as we just look at his face, as we just look at who Jesus is, as we continue to commit to build our lives upon the rock that is Jesus. That's my heart. My heart is that we would really um, just focus on who he is. So I've listed a whole lot of episodes. I've, I've probably got 50 or 60 different things that are just about him. I want to do I want to speak on on how he's the savior I want to speak about he's how the image of the father he's our high priest Jesus the friend of sinners Jesus the bread of life the light of the world I want to talk about how he's the resurrection and the life I want to drill into the importance of why he is the second and the last Adam I want to talk to you about how John 1 uh 1 John first John chapter 2 verse 1 says that he's the Advocate I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how he is the chief apostle, Hebrews 3.1. There are so many different things. He's the bright morning star. He's the consolation of Israel, the cornerstone, the counselor, the day star, the deliverer, the desire of all nations, the door of the sheep. He's a friend. He's He is eternal life. And uh, before I start, start preaching today, um, today... And our next episode, today I want to talk to you about how he is the Son of Man. It doesn't sound like the most exciting topic. We could be talking about how he's the, the healer or how he's the resurrection and how he's all powerful. But this is an important place to start. So today we're going to talk about how, how Jesus, the Son of Man. And I just want to unpack this. I want to try and be um, as teaching mode as I possibly can without being a teacher myself. um, But I do want to just share some thoughts and lay some foundations, biblically speaking, about this concept of Jesus being the Son of Man. In the next episode, I want to talk to you about how Jesus is the Son of God. And uh, so we're going to go to that. But before we get started, like we do every day, uh, every time we come together, let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. The name that is above all names, name that is above any name in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Father, Jesus, the one that has disarmed all principalities and powers, the one that we surrender our lives to. Jesus, as we're on this journey, just coming back to you, Father, in a raw, organic, authentic way. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would reveal to us more of who Jesus is. I'm asking in this moment right now, in the stillness of this moment, as we quiet our hearts, Jesus, would you come to the forefront? Be on the throne of our hearts. Be the very utmost, the highest, the highest place in our life. Lord, it is our honor to go as low as we can in service towards you in order for your name to be lifted up. And I'm praying, Father, in this moment that there would be just a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation that would be released. Father, over the airwaves, whether people are watching this in a car while they're doing a workout at home, wherever it might be, Father, Jesus Would you come and would you fill that space? Would you walk into the room? And Lord, would you heal bodies right now? Would you resurrect dead dreams? Father, would you heal cancer? Father, would you move upon sick bodies in Jesus' mighty name? Lord, we lean into what your spirit is doing and we say, come, come and move in power father you have all authority or power or dominion and we declare that about who you are so today as we open up our hearts as we honor you jesus as we look to your face and hold your hand i pray that your name would be glorified i pray that you would be revealed that we would see you in a new way so speak to our hearts change our lives and let your spirit be manifest wherever we are today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, let's do this. The Son of Man. Get a notepad out. Get your notes out on your phone or wherever you're doing this, whatever's appropriate. Get ready to write some things down because you're going to learn some stuff today, I hope. And um, and uh, it's important to write these things down. Then you can share this on to, to other people. You can preach it, you can teach it, and it's all all good. We're on this journey uh, because we are believing that God is doing something new and fresh in the earth. I want to clarify that statement by saying that's not undoing what he has been doing or has done, but it is us understanding and coming into the full revelation and understanding of the simple fact that uh, what God brings us a breakthrough and a miracle in one season can become a trap in the next season. For example, it's like the children of Israel. Well, when Joseph and his family were in famine, Egypt became a place of their blessing. It became the place of their breakthrough. It became the place of their provision. But years later, centuries later, what was a miracle in one season became a problem in another season. What was a miracle in one season became an obstacle in another season. What was a what was provision in one season became a problem in the now season, and it became a problem simply because God started doing something new, and God started, uh, God, God. Whenever He moves us into something new, there's a new way of relating to Him in that new environment, and so as a result. Um, as a result, we we can be out of Egypt. Like every preacher knows this statement. You know, you can get the, you can get the Israelites out of Egypt, but can you get Egypt out of the Israelites? And although the saying's corny, and you've heard it a thousand times, it's true, and it's powerful, and it's important. And I'm trying to help you to see that what was a provision in one season can be problematic in another season. And this is why uh, this is why we need a. Uh, be sensitive and discerning and have a humble heart and have a Christianity that is, is looking at him rather than looking at what he has done in the past. This is, you know, doing full circle now why we're talking about a new wineskin. The challenge with a new wineskin for the established church, the challenge for a new wineskin is the fact that you and I like the old, we're comfortable with the old, and we can reason away why it needs to change. Just ask the Pharisees, just ask the Sadducees, just ask the high priests and the rulers of the synagogue of Jesus' time. They're praying for the Messiah to come and the messiah is being led to a on a donkey to be crucified and so we've got to have these hearts of discernment and this is why we're on this journey because if our if our christianity if our faith in jesus is orientated around the vehicles by which we relate to him as opposed to the person that we relate to as seasons change as seasons come and go we're going to miss the moments. We're going to miss. We're going to get stuck in an old season, and we're going to really struggle in uh, in our relationship with Him. I think a good analogy to explain this before we get into the content of today, talking about the Son of Man, is kind of like when you get married. There's seasons to that relationship. There's the dating season or the courting season. Uh, where there's specific, especially in a Christian sense, there's physical boundaries and you go home to separate homes at night and sleep in separate beds and then you get married and things change, the season changes. But if you don't adjust your behavior and if you're living as a single person in a married season, then your marriage is going to struggle. And equally so, a new season comes along. You have kids. And when those kids come along, you realize that this married couple that once had all time that was devoted to each other is now, uh, that time is now split between someone else. And if you go on being the being the person that has the social life and has the and plays video games to a, to a million o'clock in the morning, not hating on any of those things. I'm just trying to make the point that there are seasons in our life that we must shift as, as we move into the next season. If we take that video game lifestyle and while God's shifting us into, a, into an area of acceleration, say, around a career or family or relationship, but we're up till 2 a.m. playing video games every night, then the, the issue is going to be that that's going to break what season we're in right now. And my point is, is that this is the, one of the significant challenges is coming before God with true humility in your heart and asking him to do a deep work in you, that you uh, uh, allow him, and this has been one of my great challenges, where you allow him to personally you give him permission to undo some of the thinking from a previous season why why is it so difficult because i'm not asking him to remove things that are bad i'm asking him for to remove things or to deconstruct things if they need deconstructing i'm asking for him to renovate things that's a better word and to change things that aren't bad they're beautiful they're brilliant they're powerful in the previous season, but they're just not for the next. And that's one of our challenges as we enter into this new season, this Jesus-orientated season. And uh, when I say Jesus-orientated seasons, let's be honest, let me correct my myself. It's a Jesus-orientated life. So the Son of Man... The son of man is an important topic today, and we're going to get into it. Give me twenty minutes, and we're going to unpack this as well as we can in that time. Please know that there are entire books written to this, uh, written to this, written around this thought. There are, there is just so much stuff online that you can look up, you can find, and I want to encourage you to do so. The Bible says, "Test it, test everything, test this podcast." So you've got to dive deep too. You can't just be fed off this. You've got to feed on God's word, feed on Jesus, feed on the bread of life yourself and get it. This, I just hope, is a catalyst. It's something that empowers you. It's something that equips you. And it's something that inspires you. I'm praying today that revelation comes and that there, what's revelation, simply it's, it's the revealing. And that's my prayer today, that Jesus would be revealed in who he is and what he wants to do. The common understanding is that the Son of God That statement, Son of God, implies his deity, which it does. And that the Son of Man implies his humanity, which it does too. Remember, next week we're going to talk about the Son of God. Today we want to talk about how he's the the Son of Man. And he was the Son of Man. That is, he was a human being. Jesus was a human being. And he is the Son of God in that he always existed as the eternally begotten one who comes forth from the Father forever. He always has and he always will. He is the second person of the Trinity, of the Godhead, with all of the divine nature fully in him. He is fully man and he is fully God all at the same time. He is, Jesus is born of a virgin. He had a human father, but the Bible records that Joseph, his human father, didn't have sex with his virgin wife, Mary, until Jesus was conceived and born. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary. And as a result, he is fully human. He's human, he's not just human, he's fully human. And the Bible wants to emphasize that he is fully human and so that's so that the common understanding that he is both divine and he is human two natures in one person and this is where it does get it gets challenging to someone that's not of faith it's easy to say jesus was just a good teacher or a prophet or or reason jesus deity away but friend we must in this time hold fast to the to the truth that jesus was born of a virgin That Jesus is fully human and also fully God at the same time. He's both divine and human, two natures in one person. What's fascinating is that, I'm not sure if you know this, but Jesus never once referred to himself as the son of God. He more often than not referred to himself as the son of man. And, and this is where I want you in your faith to start digging a little bit deeper. And you've got to ask, well, why? Why didn't Jesus ever refer to himself as the Son of Man? And not just why didn't he do it, why, why, is, that, why is the answer to that question important? And as I've been doing study, the conclusion that I've come to draw is is that the answer goes way back. It goes back to the the prophet Daniel. It goes back to the book of Daniel. It goes back to the apocalyptic book of Daniel, who had a dream about the Son of Man. Now, you need to understand that Daniel is one of the most significant Old Testament prophets in the Bible. They are all significant. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. But Daniel in an apocalyptic, Apocalyptic nature had these dreams that really framed the Jewish people's thought on the coming Messiah, on on this this Christ person that was going to come. And that's what I want to unpack today as we look at this whole idea of the Son of Man. So the answer of why did Jesus now refer to himself as the son of God, but often referred to himself as the son of man, why and why is it important? It's important because the Jewish people had anchored in their thought a dream that Daniel had about the son of man coming on a cloud in his dream the the this man coming on the cloud was overcoming the enemy and ruling with God he was like equal with God so when Jesus or at least the gospel writers used the son of man name it's like a hyperlink to this story do you know what a hyperlink is this is this is good this is going to help you uh, this is a hermeneutical tool, which means just an, a tool a tool for interpreting the Bible. But a lot, especially in the epistles, in fact, right through the New Testament, realistically, as I think about it, there's references back to the Old Testament. And if you don't know they're there, or if you're not looking for them, you'll just kind of read over them. Sometimes in the epistles, it, it puts those in your Bible, depending on what translation you've got. It'll put it like in brackets and... And it'll be direct quotes of scripture. But at other times, it's just a simple reference. Like this Son of Man reference is a hyperlink back to Daniel. Now, a hyperlink is a, um, for those of you that have been on some sort of website and your mouse hovers over something that looks highlighted, and you can see that it's a link to another website. And so that, uh, and then when you click on it, it takes you to another web page. And I suppose when I use that word hyperlink, that's kind of what I'm referring to. And there's plenty of hyperlinks in the Bible that connect this whole story, this whole narrative of God being in love with the people that he created us human beings and sending Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God, fully God, the son of man, fully human to come and be our Christ, be our Messiah. And whenever there's a reference to the Son of Man, it's a hyperlink back specifically to Daniel chapter 7. And let's just read it. Let's, let, let's, uh, let's read a bit. Let's read a bit of it. It says, in my vision, this is, this is the Son of Man. This is direct hyperlink back, okay, to this story. Daniel chapter 7, we're going to read from verse number 13. Write that down, Daniel 7. In my vision at night, I looked And there before me was one like like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. Man, this is so powerful. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed see Daniel in his vision centuries before Christ's arrival speaks of the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven he was given authority glory and sovereign power now I want you to think consider now with this in mind I want you to consider these statements of Jesus now as we look at the New Testament, as we look at the Gospels, and as we look at Jesus speaking about these things. And we're hyperlinking back to Daniel, okay? John chapter 5, verse 27, Jesus says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son, the Son, to have life in himself. He has also given him authority to judge. Because he is the Son of Man. Do you see that? Like Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he's saying that the Father has the for as the Father has life in himself, so has he granted it to the Son. He's explaining what Daniel said when 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 it said uh, that he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power, where he came before the ancient of days. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is just in their face explaining, I am the one that Daniel prophesied about. Let's look at Matthew chapter 24 verse 30. At that time, sorry, at that time the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn, and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and glory. Again, a hyperlink back to Daniel chapter 7. Mark chapter 13, 24 to 27. Excuse me while I grab a drink. It says, so be on your guard. I've told you everything ahead of time, but in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the, to the ends of the heavens. Amazing. Luke chapter 20, verse, tw- sorry, Luke 21 verse 27. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. It seems obvious from these scriptures that when Jesus spoke of himself as being the son of man, he had Daniel 7 in mind. A few other thoughts around this. uh, Some of the first century Jews identified the son of man as also the Christ and the Messiah. They saw them as the the one person. Jesus had also spoken of his death by crucifixion as being lifted up. When you're lifted up, um, he, he, he said, if I be lifted up, and we've heard worship leaders for years quote this scripture, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Now, whilst there's a principle around us lifting up Jesus in worship, that's powerful, that's not actually what the text is actually talking about. The text is, that word lifted up, is really referring to being on the cross. And the crowd responded when Jesus said that we've heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus also believed that the Son of Man, the Son of God, and the Messiah or the Christ were the same person. Not only did he claim to be all three separately right throughout the Gospels, and also through uh, the the other New Testament writers uh, not only did Jesus claim in separate occasions to be the Son of Man, to be the Son of God and to be the Messiah um, he, he claimed to be all three separately, but in an interesting passage he responds in the affirmative to a, to the Jewish leaderships linking both the Son of God and Christ and then, He adds the Son of Man. Check this out, Matthew chapter 26, verses 63 to 66. Write that now, Matthew 26, 63 to 66. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. So this is the high priest, this is the leader. Tell us if you were the Christ, number one, the Son of God. And then this is Jesus' reply. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied right? But I say to all of you, in the future, you will see the Son of Man, number three. So therefore, we've got the Son of God, we got the Son of Man, and we got the Messiah all in one thing, and we've got Jesus identifying himself as those three in one. But I'll say to you, in the future, you'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, And coming on the clouds of heaven, there's a hyperlink back to Daniel. So he's just saying, I'm the fulfillment of Daniel 7. You believe Daniel 7, but you're struggling because I'm a new wineskin. I'm a new wineskin and you're an old wineskin. And you're trying to take old wineskin thinking into this new wineskin way. You're trying to take Egypt thinking into this new promised land way and it just doesn't work and that's why there's a clash in your fundamental beliefs the, 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 you are uh, son of man is sitting on the clouds of heaven hyperlink then the high priest tore his clothes see this is what happens this is what happens friend listen to me man i just feel the, i feel the anointing right now this is what happens when you when you refuse and when you hold on to old wineskin thinking while god's trying to bring into a new wineskin The high priest, remember the religious person, one of the spiritual leaders that believes strongly in Daniel 7, he tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He's worthy of death, they answered. Jesus understood that he was bringing in something new. They were waiting for the kingdom. Jesus said, the kingdom is already here. It's within you. They were waiting for a Messiah. Jesus said, I'm here. They were waiting for the fulfillment of Daniel 7. Jesus was saying, it's me. It's me. It's me. I'm right in front of you. I wonder what the things are in our lives where we're waiting, 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 waiting. We're hoping, 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 hoping. I wonder pastor, leader, Christian, We've all been praying for revival for a long time, but maybe maybe we've got this old wineskin mentality about what revival is. So we're praying for God's new wine to be poured into a belief system that is an old wineskin. And God is such a good steward of who he is and his own resource that he won't put new wine in an old wineskin because he loves you and he believes in you and he wants to protect you. And he knows that if new wine goes into an old wineskin, the wine is spilt. It's a waste of his resource of who he is. But also, equally, the wine skin is broken. And, um, and, and and I believe that we keep presenting the same thing to God and saying, fill it with your new wine. And we do this in the form of our programs. We do this in the form of our processes. We do this in the form of our events. We do this in the form of our traditions And friend, let's just break that down. Like, because we can say traditions and we can think Catholics and Anglicans and Unitings and that form of church. But come on, hey, Pentecostal Christians, let's get real. We do that in the form of how we come before God. Singing the singing the the song that we know to sing every week, lifting our hands in the right parts, putting it down in the slower parts, jumping in the chorus of songs, and then not jumping in the verses. We keep presenting an old wine skin. Sometimes it looks like that. Other times it looks like in the form of our our. Our church structures and it looks like uh, our conferences and it looks like those sorts of things. And none of those things are wrong when there is something the Lord is speaking to you about to do. So I'm not hating on those things. I love those things. I love being a part of those things. But I'm also advocating for us to be so orientated around Jesus that we're not hooked up on those things and our Christianity our faith, the health of our communities is around Christ rather than those peripheral things. Are you with me? And so coming back to the point is that Jesus understood that he was the son of man. He understood that the son of man, the son of the Son of man, uh, you know, he understood that another point is that he understood that he existed prior to his human birth. John 3, 13, Jesus says this, he says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. John 6, verse uh, 62, what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? In other words, I'm, I've already been there and that's why I can manifest heaven here on earth because it's where I was from and it's also where I'm going and it's also where I am that's another conversation in summary Jesus favorite term Jesus favorite term to refer to himself was the son of man he understood that the designation to refer to refer to the divine son of man of Daniel 7 who would rule with power glory He understood the Son of Man, also to be pre-existent Son of God and the Messiah. Who did Jesus think he was? Clearly, he thought he was the divine Son of Man. The Son of Man. This, though, was deeply rooted, and I'm nearly done, was deeply rooted in ancient Jewish thought. Right back to Daniel, we've said that, but even in other parts of the Old Testament, the Son of Man was coming. And they were waiting for him to come. And I've discovered about Jesus, and I suppose I've been talking a bit about this in in this episode today, but I've discovered about Jesus that he often comes in packages that we weren't expecting. (laughs) He often comes in ways that we weren't expecting. Our mind presupposes how he should move. But Jesus doesn't, let me say it like this, Jesus does what he does without the consultation of man. There aren't too many times, in fact, I don't know really of any where Jesus repeats the same miracle or God in the Old Testament appears in the same way. And it's almost like as if uh, that's an important thing to note because if if God were to appear, if Jesus were to move in the same way every single time, then we would um, we would have a formula. We'd be able to create a formula for how he moves. I remember um, as God was speaking to Alicia and myself about a new season that we were to step into and pioneer pioneer something new and and step out. And uh, one of the hardest things about that is that we love the environment we were in. We love the leaders that we were doing life with and and serving and the church family that we're a part of. And so it wasn't about trying to get out of something we didn't like, but it was about um, stepping out of our comfort zones into something new. And I think one of the challenges there for me personally um, was understanding that the way that God speaks isn't necessarily going to be the same as how he last spoke. I'd always been taught that, um, I'd always been taught this idea that, um, that that um, there's a certain way that God speaks to you about your future. And until you have those certain things, let's say these, those three things worked out, then you don't step out um, before God. And And I think there's wisdom in, in um, there's wisdom in the process. Um, we've got to protect ourselves more often than not from ourselves, right? Because I think part of the complication is uh, the protection of ourselves is that sometimes we're hurt and we don't realize it. Sometimes uh, for me, for example, I'm a visionary entrepreneurial type of person. And so ideas come easy. But there's been times in my walk with God. I remember one time, in business, an opportunity came up and we were trying to shift something in the area of a a business that we were running at the time. And this opportunity came up and because I'm already processing and thinking how do we move on this thing, for me, this opportunity was just like, all right, let's just walk through the door and it's all good. But it ended up just being an absolute flop for us, cost us tens of thousands of dollars. And God in his grace used that to shape us and to grow us and we've never gone without But it was simply because uh, we just, I went out in my own personality um, and thought it was a good idea, but it certainly wasn't a God idea. So I'm not advocating for us acting recklessly and without the involvement of community and uh, people speaking into different things. There's wisdom in the counsel of many. But friend, I've always been taught, and maybe you've been taught this too, it's like, you know, we talk about fleeces and we talk about we have all these different rules that apply and they're not Jesus at all but they sound good because we use them to fit our uh, what we want the outcome to be and so we have we have we we say well i'm just going to put i'm going to put a couple of fleeces out and a fleece you know it's that story of gideon i think it was where it's like if the fleece comes back wet or whatever uh, then you know then it must be god and so we we say all right well if if bob if if someone calls me out of the blue and their name's bob and they have a prophetic word for me to step out and do this then then it must be god and that's all good and i'm not saying that that's not how god speaks i'm just saying it's not the only way that god speaks my biggest complication in stepping into this new season was around undoing some of that thinking because I came into my last season with a very clear dream that God gave me in the night about being in an environment. And I felt challenged because I felt um, I felt over the 25 years of me being a, a full-on Christian, pursuing Jesus with everything that I've got, Um, I felt that a majority of the teaching that I'd heard is like, well, God's going to speak in that way again. And I felt trapped because he wasn't speaking in that way. And um, I came to a point where I had to allow the Holy Spirit to undo some of that thinking so that I could keep moving in what God has for me. See, full circle back to what we were talking about at the start around how Egypt... Was a place of provision and promise at one point in time, but then becomes a problem, and that's what this can be like. This is certainly what it was like for the Pharisee, for the Jewish people, is they were stuck in a season. And if we put Jesus down to a package and how he's delivered is going to be the 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 uh, the reason why we receive him or not, then we got problems. And this is why we've got to keep our eyes on his face. This is why I want your Christianity to be looking exclusively at him. This is why I want you to be committed to being someone that says, God, would you move in my life? Move in my life. Have your way. Do something new. This is why I'm challenging the church in this time. I'm challenging our community our own community that we lead and that we pastor and that we do life with. I'm challenging you to look to the face of Jesus. Don't get stuck in the how. Don't get stuck in the what. Get stuck on his face. Look at his face look at who he is. Don't come running to an altar unless Jesus is there. That's my point. My point is to run to Jesus, run to Jesus. You don't need a Sunday service to do that. Sunday services are just a vehicle by which that happens. But in your quiet time at home, shut the door and just begin to call out on the name of Jesus. Close, wind up the car windows, You know, do what you need to do, but call out to Jesus he wants to speak to you. He wants to change you. He wants to He wants to move you from that one season to this new season. And this is so powerful about Jesus being the son of man. He's been through everything you've been through. He's fully human and fully God at the same time. And I just really believe that he's trying to shift you into a new season. And so you've got to open up your heart. You've got to say, God, speak to me and change me. And do something deep in me. I don't want to carry Egypt into Canaan. I don't want to carry what was a promise, which has now become a problem. Because I won't let you move in a new way. The son of man could be standing right in front of you. But because you're expecting him to come in a different way, you miss it. My last little thought, I've gone on long, but it's all good. My last little thought, just just to tie this, put a bow on this and put it away, is often we think of ministry like this. And we think the pinnacle of ministry is church staff. But friend, the pinnacle of ministry is serving Jesus in whatever capacity you find and are able to serve. We're told that story of of, um, where Jesus said, I haven't come to be served but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. Because if you want to be great, you've got to be a servant. And I used to think that that servanthood was kind of the pathway. It was the church ladder to greatness. Whereas the more we serve, the greater that we become. But Jesus isn't saying that. Jesus isn't saying, by the way, that greatness is up high. Jesus is saying that greatness is down low. Jesus is saying that, hey, the son of man, the son of God, man, I'm coming as low as I possibly can. I'm not coming as a king-servant. I'm coming as a servant-king. The pathway to greatness isn't servanthood. (laughs) Greatness is servanthood. That's what Jesus displayed when he laid down his life for us at the cross. And I'm challenging you now, As we talk about the Son of Man, as we talk about this whole idea that the religious system of Jesus' day were waiting for the Son of Man to come and he was right there, our challenge today is to realize that God wants to use us. See, some of you are looking for a microphone, but God's given you a mop. Some of you are looking for a platform, but God's given you something else to serve him with. And friend, we've got hooked up in worldly thinking, thinking that success in Christianity is being on a church staff, that that is the pinnacle of ministry. It certainly is not, friend. The pinnacle of, of ministry in the kingdom of God is being a servant. And that doesn't matter where you are. That doesn't matter what you look like. It's us laying out, laying down our lives for others. And I want to bless you with that thought today. I want you to be challenged with that thought that God's got you somewhere for a reason and for a purpose and that he wants to use you powerfully and incredibly in this moment. Lord, we thank you for this time together. I'm asking Jesus that you would continue to be glorified in our lives. I'm asking for your presence. I'm asking for your touch to come. I'm asking for you to move. I said it before, but Lord, I've just... Just really believing that miracles are going to break out as we come and we speak about Jesus. That people are going to be convicted of their sins. That the greatness of who you are is going to be revealed. And so, Father, we look to you. We look at your face. We hold your hand. And we ask for you to lead us as we humbly submit our lives to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. So good. Um, I I hope you got a a bit out of that. Please feel free to leave a comment. Send us an email, Matt at empoweredchurch.co. No M on that, just dot co. Matt at empoweredchurch.co. Alternately, you can head to our website, empoweredchurch.co. Come and say hi. Love to connect with you. Don't forget to hit subscribe, like it, leave a review that just helps people find where we are and what we're doing and helps you get. Um, this content, which we hope is a blessing and serves you well. Friend, we're on this wild journey and I want to encourage you to keep looking at his face, keep holding his hand as we pursue Jesus with with our whole lives. Stay tuned, new episode coming up soon as we talk about the Son of God. God bless you. Peace.